question. Yeah. How do you know um, how much you want to change? Mm. Let's say you identify a problem or identify that there is a problem, but you don't know what that problem is. Perfect segue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Welcome to the Creative Hold podcast. Here we talk about creative history and connecting it to improving your creative endeavors. Today's episode is about the life and work of Michael Beirut and the important decision of rebranding and how to do it. Our sponsor for today's episode is Kayla. If content is holding up your projects, Kayla can help. You simply send a request and sit back. Kayla sends automatic reminders to your clients and collaborators and it is super easy to invite your team. Visit getkayla.com slash ch to get your 30-day free trial. That is G-E-T-K-A-Y-L-A dot com slash C-H. Hi, and welcome to the Creative Hope Podcast. My name is Jeremy Tuso. Right next to me is my co-host, Marlon Lanhammer. Hi! <laughs> and uh, yeah, today we have a fun topic for you guys, uh, all about rebranding. And Michael B. Root. Um, so first off, uh, I'll go. The topic today f- uh, for me is Michael B. Root. Now, Michael B. Root is a designer from the States, uh, specifically born uh, in the suburbs of Cleveland um, and uh, went to the University of Cincinnati. And um, he's most famous for being a partner in Pentagram and also... His first job out of university was uh, uh, for Massimo Vignelli at Vignelli Associates. Oh, um, really? So yeah. it's like really the big leagues. Yeah, of. like right out of the university. Um, wow. And apparently the way he got noticed by Massimo Vignelli was he he stayed late every day. Mm-hmm. He stayed, he had apparently two shifts at... Uh, Vanilli Associates, which was his normal nine to five. Okay. And then he tucked his wife into bed. Okay. <laughs> and then stayed from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Wow. At and the same place? Yeah. For four years, he did that. That seems very unsustainable. It does seem very unsustainable. Impressive, I guess. He, he does credit his success to this, uh, or at least his, um, his work ethic to that. I do not know if he he succeeded because of this yeah or despite of this i i mean i do feel like if you're trying to get better at design you'd want to be among people who are great that you can learn from Mm -hmm. i don't think those people were there from 10 to 3 yeah but maybe that was time that he could like spend himself just like testing things out that he heard from people Mm -hmm. or you know doing his own kind of learning Mm -hmm. i don't endorse working this much (laughs) but it is an interesting part of his story i guess and yeah i mean um massimo vignelli did end up noticing him and Mm. um and you know at vignelli associates he i guess is um it was one of his biggest mentors massimo vignelli another episode um uh, he was able to work on these big projects for the city and the subway system of New York. And, mm, you know, really big names. Yeah. yeah. Um, and after that, he became a partner at the big design 
partnership uh, pentagram mm. uh, for their New York office. And there, most of his famous work uh, is what happened before everything happened under the Vinelli Associates. Um, Wait, but... most of it happened before? No, so most of his famous work that he's known for happened at Pentagram yeah. because before that it was all under the Vignelli name. Right. right, so it was like his, he, after that he was able to take on things that came under his name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, famous rebrands such as the rebrand for the New York Jets. Um, of course, most recently, uh, it's the branding uh, and design for the Hillary Clinton campaign for 2016. Yeah, right, which was a really big one because of that whole... I guess because it was so dynamic, yeah. people were really taking it on in the best and worst ways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, of course, you know, a contentious subject, but yeah. uh, <laughs> in the end, still a very famous brand and design. Yeah. Um, the uh, because today's topic is about rebranding and mm-hmm. Michael Beirut. Um, what do you know about Mohawk? Uh, Mohawk is, I think, is. I don't know if it's a stationary or if it's just a print brand, but I do know they're very like iconic uh, mark with the the like dots and the opacity working in different colors and like working with patterns. Mm-hmm. It sparked this big trend. Like I remember seeing it everywhere when people were like, "Oh my god, this opacity is so cool!" and you can do all this multiply effect with things. And uh, I saw a lot of trends following from yeah. that brand. So that's ha- that does happen in branding a lot. Um, so the reason, so Mohawk is actually just a paper company. Okay, they There's sell a, paper stock. A paper, a paper okay. stock, right? And beforehand, you know, they were very much a B2B trustworthy company. Mm. And you can see that in their uh, previous mark where it's uh, this picture of this uh, Mohawk uh, Native American right. uh, of, of pro, the side profile view of, uh, uh, you know, sort of with this dark black and sort of trustworthy yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're looking at it now we'll put a picture up on the mm-hmm. on the episode on the website mm-hmm. so you can have a look it's really detailed mm-hmm. so it's super different from their new brand so what was the reason to go away from the from the mar- the person itself yeah the- so the reason they rebranded according to michael beirut is because selling paper in the digital age mm. is a new challenge Right, right, right. Um, Mohawk had to rebrand to become a bit more of a person-focused, consumer-focused brand. Okay, right, okay. Um, you know, uh, uh, and they needed to be associated with being able to be part of the digital age rather than just a an old print manufacturing yeah. company. They were kind of like, you know how Kodak rebranded mm-hmm. because, and they had so many issues because some people see it as a success and some people see it as an issue mm-hmm. just because they used to be the face of film. Yeah. And then when film stopped being, you know, part of the big kind of camera movement, they were didn't really catch up mm-hmm. as fast. So yeah. they also tried to rebrand, but they didn't do it fast enough. Yeah. So I guess it's like a similar... Industries changing. Exactly. And so because the industry changed and the demand for the industry changed, the mark had to change. Mm. And um, that's where the interconnected paper and consumer goods mark, the famous mark with the opacity and the dots came in. Um, and uh, they've done 
uh, other rebrandings for Mohawk, but this one has lasted so far the longest, mm. and I f- uh, and it's a very successful rebrand. I think yeah. uh, nobody really identifies Mohawk print and papers as as their American Indian, American yeah. Native American yeah. um, side profile logo anymore. And they, when you think of Mohawk, if you know of Mohawk, you think of the big M with the yeah. dots. And the yeah, yeah, they really successfully changed people's perception. So yeah, uh, another rebrand that um, Pentagram did under the leadership of Michael Beirut is um, the famous company Mastercard. Right. Um, so the the now it was a relatively recent uh, yeah. uh, rebrand, yeah. uh, and it, they definitely stayed with the look of the two circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Beirut uh, commented on how, why they stayed so similar. And they the goal of that rebrand was mm. to say, wait, why did they do that? Nothing changed. And yeah. that was the goal <laughs> of the whole rebrand because they wanted to have a simpler and more easy to establish uh, identity yeah. to use uh, without changing much because MasterCard is such an identified um yeah such an identified brand you know if you see mastercard with the two circles you know that's mastercard and changing that um so drastically would have been a mistake for mastercard to do definitely i like this is one of the things i think uh people really underestimate the power of uh making subtle changes that just make your brand more timeless Mm -hmm. and a little bit more sustainable but you don't have to overhaul everything yeah. just because you're rebranding. Like, yeah. It's probably a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what they're now doing, which is uh, really interesting, is in certain contexts, they're taking the name away. Mm-hmm. They're just using those yeah. two circles. So yeah. on, uh, I think in these next few iterations of the cards, for mm. example, they probably won't have the name MasterCard under it anymore. Right. They will just have those two circles. Mm-hmm. And again, as a strategy, this is a long-term strategy by Michael Beirut and Pentagram, is that they want to make those two circles so permeating in people's mm. minds as that uh, MasterCard brand that they're slowly wanting for people to associate the two circles as MasterCard. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that it's like the dream of so many brands mm-hmm. to be able to have the like one color or a shape like Coca-Cola, for example. Yeah to be all you need to be able to be recognized. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of strength in it, obviously, because you're claiming a whole shape and color Mm -hmm. or you're claiming, you know, all these associations. At the same time, you have fewer things visually to play with. So it could be like a long term, a riskier strategy. But simplicity is good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think um, they're starting it off as in select Mm-hmm. contexts right so when it's on the ma- on an actual bank card yeah and they take the name away but they still have the two circles i th- i do feel most people will understand that that's still a mastercard yeah do you know what i mean yeah uh now in an ad they might still keep the name but i think this is uh, in select context is actually a quite a smart and interesting so yeah i think we didn't go too much into the history of michael beirut because he's much better at explaining it than me <laughs> um and there's a lot of uh, resources out there of, of talks of his that we will put in the description. Really interesting guy, really cool guy. And I think uh, it's much better for him to explain his life story. But I think it, it was interesting to talk about these two 
famous rebrands mm-hmm. that Michael Beirut did and a bit about his sort of design background. Yeah, so. yeah, it's interesting to see how all these people that are famous and, and historic are kind of interwoven. Yeah. You know, it's like the beginning of the internet and all these things where you can see the same people in the same spheres. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's a small world. Yeah. Uh, I think the one thing I think is so important with rebrands is it's something that we can help clients with, but it's also something we have to consider for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the most important thing, I think, with all these rebrands that you've really hit, touched upon is the why. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you choosing to rebrand? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have the wrong reasons mm-hmm. for going into a rebrand. Like, maybe it's the feeling of, oh, something in the business is not working. We're not selling enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not converting. Something's not working. And you don't dig deeper. Mm-hmm. You just say, oh, we're going to change it. We're going to rebrand and mm-hmm. it's going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. And in reality, maybe like your website's not working yeah. or maybe you don't have the right customer mm-hmm. and maybe a rebrand is the right choice, but you just have to dig into that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason I see, I'm sure you've seen this too, is like the founder or the CEO or the just the core team being bored of their brand. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, yeah. oh, I want to like repaint my kitchen to make something exciting. Yeah. And I think that's such a wrong reason to yeah. rebrand. Because really the right reasons are either you're not connecting with your customers yeah. or you're completely changing something about your business. Yeah. Like maybe you're changing to a kid's line instead of like an mm. adult line. Yeah. Or maybe you're pivoting as a company towards like digital products rather than physical yeah. or whatever it is, like your old brand doesn't make sense. Yeah. Can you think of any other ones than those two main ones? Why you shouldn't rebrand? No, like the good reason to rebrand. Oh, good, good reason to rebrand. Yes, um, I think um, I think a good reason to rebrand is because uh, I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if associations with uh, mm. the industry are changing. Right, you know what I mean? Right. So I think, and, 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 um, I guess, you know, for, for example, Mohawk, they're still making paper. Mm. Their services haven't changed, but the context in which their company exists in has, has changed. Yeah. You know what or I mean? Or like if you're doing, if you used to do, um, things that changed into cloud service, yeah. for example, like this is also a, <laughs> a note for anyone renaming their company or yeah. like doing a logo for something and mm-hmm. uh, try to pick something that doesn't change like yeah. if you do cloud services and you put a cloud yeah it might be great now but maybe we change it into something in the future that yeah. makes that very obsolete yeah but yeah so if your industry is changing if your target audience is not working or responding to yeah. you or if um you're changing your product or focus yeah. so I think the the benefits really of having a strong brand, obviously, is that you look trustworthy and established. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even more important now that most businesses are online. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, you're going to a website, yeah. you're putting in your credit card details. Yeah. If the brand looks really suspicious, yeah. you're not going to buy from them. Yeah. If they have a storefront and it's not super sleek, maybe you can speak to the owner, you know, get over that hump. Yeah. But if you're online... Yeah, there needs to be a connection, superficial as it may be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there needs to be an, un- uh, an 
especially on websites, you have something like point one six seconds yeah. to to convince someone that you are worthy yeah. of their time. It needs to be very thought out. Yeah. And the other reason is that emotional connection that you're mm-hmm. talking about, because if you want loyalty with your customers and you want retention, you want all these great things, mm-hmm. they need to have a reason to come back to you. Yeah. So yeah, something positive, something that connects. And one thing I wanted to throw in there as well as a reason for a strong brand is like share worthiness. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be being like in the newspaper, mm-hmm. but if you have a brand that's a bit quirky, if you have something that's interesting or unique, mm-hmm. people want to share it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have so much more impact yeah. with your brand. Um, now, we're, we started touching upon this before, but like if you decide to rebrand, I think the most important thing to know, if, you know, to set yourself up for success is to decide how much you're going to change. Yeah. Because so many people, they approach it with everything has to change. Mm-hmm. We're going to update everything. We're going to have a new logo. We're going to have a new company name. You know, we're going to have a new website. Everything is going to be overhauled at once. Mm-hmm. And the risk with that obviously is like, oh, maybe you lose your SEO. Mm-hmm. Maybe your customers won't recognize mm-hmm. who you are anymore. Yeah. Um, and if it's completely irrelevant what you used to do, go for it. Mm-hmm. But consider how it you know you're gonna make that transitions in the mind of your customer. Yeah. And I saw a really cool example that I think is completely underappreciated of a company that changed it really gradually. Yeah. And it's this company that make candles. Okay. And uh, they were initially called like Pomfrey. Yeah. So like a French fry. Yeah. But it was like a spin on the founder's last name. Yeah. Uh, And it was really cute. You know, people were finding it funny in the beginning. And then they got into all these big retailers. Mm -hmm. And people were starting to ask them like, oh, you know, is it like made from oil from French fries? Like, I don't know what's the story. (laughs) They were trying to figure out the brand and the message. uh, And it was super confusing. Mm -hmm. And instead of just calling it something different, which would have been... To them, a little bit like, oh, we don't know what we're doing. We're just going to flip-flop around. Yeah. They changed it to Pomfrey's Candle Co. Mm-hmm. And then in this last step, they changed it to PF yeah. Candle Co. And PF Candle Co., it could just be like any initials from someone. Yeah. So there's not going to be that confusion. But they did it in like a super logical, Gradual. Yeah. like intentional steps. Yeah. And I thought that was a really smart way of doing it. Yeah. It's a really lovely video of this woman speaking about it. We can put it on the site as well. Uh, I have a question. Yeah? How do you know um, how much you want to change? Mm. Let's say you identify a problem or identify that there is a problem, but you don't know what that problem is. Perfect segue. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Because my last one was going to be really like how to find out, Mm -hmm. you know, how much and what you should change. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of people get feedback from customers Mm -hmm. that say, oh, I don't like this or I don't understand this. And Mm -hmm. they think, oh, we have to rebrand. Yeah. And then they collect that information in their mind, processing what they heard. Mm -hmm. And that is what's brought to the discussion about Mm rebrand when actually you need to take a much more scientific approach. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that from my background. Yeah. But like you have to actually collect data that's going to help you give an unbiased yeah 
the decision on it. So mm-hmm. maybe you pick 30 people, 50 people, depending on your budget. Yeah. You show them the brand, you know, you look into what they're saying about it. And something that I think designers can do, which is super inexpensive, is just go on social media. Mm-hmm. Like go to uh, the brand's sites Mm -hmm. go to review sites go to all of their like chats Mm -hmm. and find out what people are saying Mm -hmm. what keywords they're using Mm -hmm. and find out how the brand is responding Mm -hmm. because if you're if the company you're working with yeah are not aware and they're being really unhelpful yeah or you know, rude or something like that in the responses. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you put a nice new face yeah. and say, we're so helpful, we're so, you know, yeah. uh, fast on delivering. And then everyone in the comments are like, I'm not receiving my goods. Yeah. And they're not helping out. Yeah. Because you're really not changing the perception. Yeah. So I think go and really find out what your customers think. Because mm-hmm. you, you're never going to guess, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's always going to be different. And it also helps with that um, that kind of um, mistake that sometimes happens when people have a completely different association yeah. with what you're creating. Yeah. Um, there was a one uh, example that was quite brutal, which was uh, Hershey's yeah. chocolate. Okay. Uh, so Hershey's has like a... Their old brand had this 3D little candy yeah. next to the name. Right. And it, uh, I'll get it up so you can see it. Uh, Hershey's had this little candy and it was like called the chocolate kiss okay. and it looks uh, like a little drop like a little chocolate drop yeah. in the rebrand they changed it from this 3D to a 2D yeah. and it has this little tag on top Yeah. and in the new brand it looked like a poop with steam on it no and it also isn't brown no <laughs> and it's one of those things that because they didn't run it by like enough consumers yeah it was something that could have easily been yeah you know avoided or changed or just done in a way that would have been so they just hershey's decided to phase out the kiss the kiss completely yeah you know and so that's one of those things like getting feedback is super helpful yeah (laughs) and Absolutely. Lastly, I wanted to say embrace criticism Yeah. because there's so many times if you launch a brand, yeah. I think you should tell people the reason you relaunched, mm-hmm. you know, and because if you don't, you open up this Pandora's box of everyone's opinions. Yeah. If you say, oh, you know, we're changing our focus and this is our new brand and we're so happy we're doing this, mm-hmm. people will have an association and context to yeah. it. Um, and Airbnb did this really smart thing where they anticipated people not liking their yeah. new brand. Yeah. So when they launched Bello, that yeah. symbol, yeah. Uh, they also launched a site that helped you be able to customize it to your own. Yeah. So everyone could go and remake it yeah. the way that they wanted it with like patterns and colors and yeah. stuff. And that made it much easier to integrate into the community. And people understood probably also like the or at least they started gaining positive associations mm. with the bellow because they were able to customize it yeah they yeah. started gaining oh this is fun you know yeah. playing around with something and all yeah. of a sudden in their in their mind they started associating it with simplicity yeah. and fun and you know what I mean? and so many brands say that 
they want a logo that's customizable or you know that's taken on by their community mm -hmm. but airbnb really took it the next step and made a platform where you can do it yeah. instead of just leaving it up to people to yeah because they don't do that yeah <laughs> i don't think so um so to summarize like to have a successful rebrand yeah i think you first have to have the right reason yeah to rebrand yeah you have to understand your customers mm -hmm. new ones or old ones yeah and really focus on the ones that pay the bills yeah and uh, thirdly uh think strategy first mm -hmm. so take this overarching thing and implement it across everything if you're changing the name and steps you have to know that before you get yeah. started mm -hmm. um and embrace criticism mm -hmm. if yeah. people are complaining take it in you know in a nice way and uh feed it into the brand as it's evolving yeah. Accept yeah. and pivot it. Accept and pivot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and help anticipate criticism and help people deal with it in mm -hmm. a nice way. I think if you've included them in the steps of creating the brand, mm -hmm. it's more likely that they're going to be more excited about the end products. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, very nice. And I, I think that's something that Michael Brayroot, I'm sure, has done a lot because yeah. their process at Pentagram seems to be very engaging yeah. with people. Yeah. Which is really cool. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, and thank you, listeners. See you next time. If you liked the tips we gave you today, then you can find more content like this on our blog, creative-home.com. There you can find all sorts of articles, as well as interviews with many different creatives. So that's creative-home.com. Be sure to also check out our Facebook group under the same name, Creative Hope. There you can find all sorts of interaction between many different amazing creators. 